Kia ora. Welcome to the Arise Church podcast. For more details, you can find us at arisechurch.com. But right now, we're going to hear from our Hamilton campus pastor, G.S. Bundy-Cook. We hope you enjoyed today's message. We're going to read from Mark this morning. And it says here in, in verse 12, it says, The next day, as they were leaving Bethany, so this is Jesus and his disciples, Jesus was hungry. So seeing in the distance a fig tree and leaf, he went to find out if it had any fruit. But when he reached it, he found nothing but leaves because it was not the season for figs. Then he said to the tree, may no one ever eat fruit from you again. And his disciples heard him say, say it. So just to give you a little bit of context about this scripture, it, it's Jesus' last week on earth before he's taken to the cross, which is kind of timely, right? Because it's a couple of weeks until Easter. But his cursing of the fig tree is one of the last miracles in the week before he is taken to the cross. And so here we have Jesus and he's hungry. Anyone know what it's like to be hungry? I have a five-year-old who I feel like is always hungry. And you know, always, if you're a parent, you'll know this, but at that, about four to five o'clock time, you know, just when you're about to prepare dinner, and he'll always come up to me and be like, Mom, I'm hungry. And his second line is always, and I don't want any fruit. Because, you know, like I'm always like, you know, well, go and get a piece of fruit. But, but that's, what, that's exactly what Jesus did. He went looking for fruit. But fig trees were all around Israel. And Jesus sees this fig tree. And even though it wasn't the season for figs, this fig tree was full of leaves. It had big green leaves. And because of the season that it was, it probably shouldn't have had any leaves. So Jesus, you know, with his disciples, he sees this tree in the distance, and he thinks, well, because it's got leaves, because it looks good, it's going to have some fruit. But the closer they get, it is revealed that, revealed that there is no fruit. There's nothing. It's just leaves. So what does Jesus do? He curses it, and it dies, and it never produces fruit again. And you know, when I first read the Scripture, I was like, there's a little bit unfair to me, right? The tree, it hasn't done anything wrong. You know, Jesus was hungry. But you know, we know that Jesus doesn't do anything by mistake. He's always teaching. See, Jesus didn't curse this tree because he was hungry. He cursed it because it was fruitless. And if you do a study on fig trees, a fruitful fig tree, it was a symbol of prosperity and blessing. And this fig tree and what Jesus did represented the spiritual condition of Israel. See, the leaders and people, they were not following the law that God had given them. They were far away from him. And Jesus cursing this fig tree represented the judgment that was about to come to them. See, this fig tree, it looked really, really good on the outside. It looked healthy on the outside. It looked like it was doing well on the outside, but it was producing nothing. It was green, but it had 
no fruit. So if you're writing notes this morning, and I encourage you to um, come to church with your Bible and be ready to receive from the Word and with your notebook or phone if you're writing it down, but why don't you write down the title of this message is, What Are We Producing? What Are We Producing? See, Jesus taught many parables of how our lives need to produce fruit. It's all the way through the Gospels. In fact, being fruitful is all the way through the Bible. Paul prays in his letter in Colossians, so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please Him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work. It was the, one of the very first mandates um, given in Genesis. In fact, it was the first words that came out of God's mouth to humans in Genesis 1 verse 26. What did He say? Be fruitful. See, our lives must produce fruit. We can't live one way and then think something completely different in our hearts. We can't live one person on a Sunday and then be completely different Monday to Saturday. We can't be one person at work and then totally different with our families. See, so many of Jesus' frustrations with the Pharisees was their religiousness and their acting one way and thinking something completely different in their heart. In Matthew 15 verse 9, it says, These people honour me with their lips, but what? Their hearts are far from me. And so I've got two questions for us this morning that I want us to ask ourselves. What The first one this morning is, what is looking good on the outside but isn't producing fruit? What is looking good on the outside but isn't producing fruit? Is it our joy? You know, we're like this bundle of joy when we're around people. But when we're by ourselves or our families, it's like we walk around with this cloud over our heads. You know, is it our adoration of Him? You know, we lift our hands when we're in a church service in a a Sunday environment, but at home when we're just listening to worship, we, we don't. We don't lift our hands. We don't surrender to Him. Is it our treatment of others? Where each group of people we are around, there is a completely different us. See, I think that we get really good, right, at giving people snapshots of our life. Maybe because of the generation we're in, because of social media, uh, whatever it is. But we give people snapshots of what we want people to see. And I'm just going to put up a a picture for you um, of our camping trip, because this year we went went camping. um, And if I just put this picture up, um, just the first one of us, we, I could show you this picture and it would give you a, a snapshot of like, whoa, they've got an awesome setup for camping and man, their, kid, their kids look so happy. They, just, they must just have the most well-behaved kids. Yeah, I know. And, um, you know. and you might think, well, and I could show you that picture. And if I didn't tell you anything else, you could, I could just tell you, you know, it was, we had the most amazing time and you know, things were awesome and our kids listened to us and, and everything. But you know, what that picture doesn't show you is that actually was our second attempted time to go camping. We got, we were in the first time we were up north and um, when the first cyclone came and we got really, really rained out. 
And then if we show the second picture, and then, but this is actually, this is the next day, and it's um, after an hour of really heavy rain that wasn't forecasted, by the way. And um, we happened to camp right by a drain that was blocked. And so then um, we, like all the front of our tent was wet, like everything in that gazebo was floating in water. And so we had to go home early. But, you know, I show you that because we get really good at showing people what we want them to see. Maybe it's because we're trying to protect ourselves. We don't want people to see the real me. Maybe you've said these phrases before, you've heard them. Fake it till you make it. You do you. Live to please yourself. Or my truth is my truth. But you know, this is not what the Word of God teaches. Fake it till you make it. The Bible teaches us to have integrity and character. You know, you do you. In Proverbs 27 verse 17, it says, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Live to please yourself. When John 15, 12 to 13, it says, greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. My truth is my truth. Well, there's only one truth, and it's the Word of God. See, fruitlessness is a sin. Staying the same, not becoming more like Christ, not growing in our walk, having a hardened heart, not wanting wanting to be moulded by His Holy Spirit or open to His voice, living isolated. We know in John 15, it's impossible to bear fruit isolated from the vine. In Revelation 3, verse 1, it says, To the angel of the church in Sardis write, These are the words of him who holds the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know your deeds. You have a reputation of being alive, but you are dead. See, what is being referred here is that it looks good. They've got that reputation on the outside that things are going well, but their reputation doesn't match what is in their heart. See, what is fruitfulness? It's the overflow of our lives. It's who we are. It's our behaviour when our guard is down. It's the multiplication, the things in our lives that we continue to do and grow in. It's our attitude. It's our words. It's what others get to enjoy. It's our actions. And so my second question for us this morning is, do my actions align with what I believe in my heart? Do my actions align with what I believe in my heart. See, the revelation that I have is that God doesn't determine if I'm fruitful or how fruitful I am. It is my responsibility. See, our pastors, our parents, our leaders, our spouse, our flatmates are not responsible for the production of fruit in our lives. Of course, we're here to encourage, we're here to sharpen, we're here to pray, we're here to counsel, we're here to guide, but we are all responsible for our own fruit. 
See, fruit is unique to each tree. We'd all agree with that, right? You don't have an orange tree giving apples. So our fruit is unique to us. God knows what he's entrusted to each of us and what he expects us to do with it in Luke 12, 48. In Psalm 92, verse 14, it says, The righteous, they still bear fruit in old age. They are full of sap and green. See, we're never too young, we're never too old to bear fruit. And so this morning, I want to finish with just four ways of how to be fruitful. Four ways of how to be fruitful. And I want to tell you, they're nothing new. It's not a one, two, three, four quick step of how to be fruitful. But number one this morning is remain in Him. If you're writing notes, remain in Him. See, in John 15, verse 5, it's up on the screen. I am the vine, and you are the branches. If a man remains in me, and I am him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. We need to remain in him. See, my biggest pursuit above anything else, it has to be my relationship with God. Before what I do for God, before my family, before my job, before anything else. My pursuit of Him trumps everything else. It will get us through everything. See, I encourage us that we would remain in Him when things are going well, but when things are going hard. See, storms show what people believe. Would we allow the Word of God to speak to us? Would it be our double-edged sword? You know, I've been so encouraged with this, um, with a, one of our couples and um, our families in Hamilton. And over the last six months, they've been going through such a painful process in their business. But you know what? God has been doing an incredible work in, in them. And they haven't seen the miracle, the full miracle come to pass yet. But it's just been so inspiring just to see their steadfastness, you know, that they're at church every Sunday. You know, they're worshipping and they're praising Him. And so would we remain in Him? Remain in Him through it all. Number two this morning is add. So number one is remain in Him. Number two is add. What do I mean by that? Well, let's look in 2 Peter 1, 5 to 8. It says, For this very reason... Make every effort to add to your faith goodness, to goodness, knowledge, knowledge, self-control, self-control, perseverance, perseverance, godliness, godliness, mutual affection, and mutual affection, love. For if you possess these qualities, what? In increasing measure, they will keep you from being, what? Ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. See, when Peter, who was one of Jesus' disciples, he was an eyewitness to Jesus' ministry, you know, first-hand experience, he's writing this letter to the believers. And he's in jail, he's in prison, and he realises he's about to be um, executed. 
And so there's all, this, there's all these rumors, there's all this stuff like whirling around about Jesus and, and who he is. And so he, he, he's got this urgency to write to the believers and to the church that you have got everything you need. You have got everything you need, but you just need to keep on adding. You just need to keep on growing. See, we are, we are equipped to lead an effective and production, productive life in Christ. I didn't say easy but effective and productive, that we would be continually growing in our faith and relationship with Him. See, if you've been around long enough, you know that we don't just accidentally grow in our walk with Jesus. We don't just accidentally bear fruit. You know, it takes time. It takes discipleship. It takes discipline. It takes intention. So would we add Add. Number three this morning is we bear fruit through repentance and forgiveness. Repentance and forgiveness. And that focuses on the inner of our hearts. You know, allowing the Holy Spirit to reveal those things that we need to bring before the Father, that we need to lay down at the cross. In Matthew 3, verse 8, it says, Produce fruit in keeping with repentance. Dying to self daily. Letting go of the pride in our life. Letting go of the things that, you know, consume our heart. See, when Jesus is explaining the fig tree withering and about having faith in God, if you look in verse 25, it says, And when you stand praying... If you hold anyone against anyone, forgive them so that the Father in heaven may forgive your sins. See, if we're not careful, our hearts can remain self-centered, angry, joyless, and we can even go through the motions of serving God. And what can happen is we think, oh, sometimes we look at the Pharisees and think, you know, the, the Pharisees were not like that. But we can, we can slip into exactly that same sin of what the Pharisees did, judging ourselves by how we think we appear to others and neglecting what is actually going on in our heart, where the good fruit germinates. See, the condition of our heart is so important. Would we be slow to be offended, quick to forgive, guarding our heart because we know that everything flows from it? I wonder if the band can come and join me this morning. But point number four this morning. So remain in him. Would we add? Would we have repentance and forgiveness in our heart? And number four this morning, would we be a blessing to others? See, in Matthew 7, verse 18, it says, A good tree cannot be a bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot be a good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown to the fire. So then by their fruit, you will recognise them. See, I have this big orange tree outside my kitchen window. And, you know, uh, I can see, I always can see people that are walking past and trying to take my oranges, but that's okay. But, um, I, um, but you know, when I think of my orange tree, You know, you don't think of your orange tree like, you know, growing arms and then like picking the fruit for for itself, do you? Because the oranges off the tree are not for the orange tree. 
They're for us. They're for us to enjoy. See, if the oranges stayed on the tree, they would eventually fall to the ground. They'd rot. And then that attracts insects and pests. And in my limited knowledge of fruit trees, you know, that's going to be really harmful for the tree, right? But picking the fruit actually promotes growth. See, everyone that is part of the body, we must produce fruit. We must produce fruit. See, this just this last Christmas, it was um, my family's year to, to have Christmas and um, I, our whole family gathered and I'm the eldest of eight. And so it's chaos. You know, there's kids everywhere. But you know, when it comes to our Christmas dinner, everyone has their part to play. You know, you've, I've got my newly married sister and her husband, they're out with the kids, you know, playing games and keeping them occupied, which if you're a parent, you know, that's awesome. You've got, you know, someone else um, preparing the dessert for the Christmas dinner. You've got somebody setting the table. You've got my mum going around trying to take, you know, photos and, you know, we don't, we don't want that. Um, you know, you've got somebody starting on the dishes. But, you know, if my brother turned up and he's the only boy and he said, you know, I'm not helping with the dishes this year because I helped with them last year. You know, that's not going to go down very well, right? I mean, even my husband Joe helps with the dishes. But, um, you know, we've all got, we've all got, we have all got gifts to bring to the table. All are highly valuable. Bearing fruit is our worship to God. The fruit of our lives it's what God has blessed us with so that we can bless others. Yeah. Wherever we are, in our high schools, in our universities, is our fruit being a blessing to our teachers, our classmates, our friends, in our workplaces, to our children, to our parents, to our siblings, in our marriages and in our church. And right across this room and everywhere, I'd just love for you to stand this morning. Because I'm sure that we all want to, we all want to live effective and productive in our walk with Jesus. And I was um, talking to Chris this week and really just wanted to have the opportunity for people to be able to come forward for prayer this morning. And I just want to open up the altar. I want to open it up online as well. If you've got a prayer need this morning and you're online, our online team, you can just write it in and somebody's going to be able to pray with you this morning. And Pariroa Kelly has, has organised our prayer team there and in Masterton as well with um, Amy and Andrew. But I just wonder in this room, if you're part of our, um, if our ministry team, if you could just come um, up ready this morning. But I just really felt that God wants to stir something in our hearts this morning. He wants to impart something in your life this morning. And I would just, and I want to just, we're gonna go back into this song. And if God is stirring something in your spirit this morning, Maybe He's stirring you to step out, to make an impact, to be fruitful. Maybe He's, he's stirring you to do something and we're at your severe of life. See, what it does is when we come out in the natural, 
We're actually doing it in this, we're making a stand in the supernatural. And so I encourage you, would you come at it? I feel like these people here and that maybe it's been like looking good on the outside, but there's things, these situations in your life that you just need a breakthrough in. You might need a prayer of healing. You might need a breakthrough in your family situation and something going on, then we would love to pray for that with you today and believe that God can and will bring a miracle in this place. You know, I feel like there's maybe some dads in this room and you need to come out of your seat this morning in an act of surrender, but for your wife and for your children, that they would see that you're coming and open to who God is. And so we're not gonna drag this out this morning. We're just gonna go back and I'm gonna pray and then we're gonna go into this song and we're just, we're not gonna drag it out. If you want prayer this morning, if you want a touch from God, if you want God to move in your life this morning, then I encourage you, would you come out quickly and receive prayer? But God, we thank You. I thank You for Your Word. I thank You for Your Holy Spirit, Lord. I thank You, Father, that You're stirring in hearts right now, Lord Jesus. You're stirring something in hearts right now, Lord God. And God, I pray, Father, over every situation that is gonna be brought before You this morning, Lord Jesus. Oh God, we pray, Father, for a breakthrough, Lord Jesus. Oh God, we pray that that You would speak to situations, Lord Jesus. Thank you for joining us for the Arise Church podcast. We hope this message has blessed you. For more content or resources, visit arisechurch.com. Matiwa, see you soon.